Okay. Page Kofayin Gimel Perik Shleishasars. So we're going to do the two prokim actually, but Ein Beis Medrash Below Chibish. Anything you want to do, he's literally going to at this point sum up with little sound bites all of the all of the uh, all of the discussion and the points that he made in the last uh, twelve prokim or so, and then he's going to give a couple of pieces of advice for structuring Musar, but uh, instead of just referencing that, because we can't obviously flesh out every one of those prakim that we went through, so we'll say a couple of things, and then Ein Beis Medrash Below will kind of unpack one or two things just to, uh, to try to bring it home a little bit without getting lost. So the way that it was structured, which he's actually going to point out at the end, is on, uh, instead of going through what Musar is, he spent a lot of the time, by contrast, going through what Musr isn't uh, in order to bring out certain things. So he says, mm-hmm. We lifted up, we removed mm-hmm. obstacles, a lot of them in Derech Hashem, Limud Musr Beprat, and specifically in the area of Limud Musr. If you've been following us along on our journey, certainly from the beginning in Ma'arechas Adam and Ma'arechas Taira, which we explained uh, in great detail why those had to come before approaching Musar. Um, but as we went through, we really carved ourselves out a path towards Avodas Hashem, Shvil Tsarhu, right? It's a narrow bridge. It's a narrow path. There's no way to really measure up the storehouses that are the treasures that are there. So again, if it's, these are little sound bites from things that we've really brought out in past chapters. Rav Yisrael Salantra says that Musr is the Taira for the desensitized heart. That, that, that is bad. Somewhat. If you need a body of Torah that's designed or directed towards somebody who's become desensitized, that's what Musr is. Even on his deathbed, when he was leaving the world, he was still learning Musr. I actually, uh, I heard a story that I think I mentioned one time that Rav Chaim Friedlander, the Sifse Chaim that we've quoted many times, he came in like to, I think Rav Shach was talking to somebody else and he had just gotten news from the doctor that he had like X amount of months to live. So he, he said, you know, I have X amount of months to live. He couldn't wait till like, you know, every minute was important. Came into the room, said, here's the news. And he said, what should I spend my time on? Should I chazro my Gemara, Tamudo biyado, come? Should I focus on Tehillim, uh, prayer? What he said, Musr. Right? So even, even at the last minute, that is, that is like the famous Gron, I think Evan Shlema says, right? If, if, if a person is not grown, so then, you know, Mali Chaim. says, Maran Grav Simcha Zisal Mekel, Nishma So Eden, Kasav Limud Musr, Hul His Chakais, Ala Emes Ba'im Ekalev, the search for truth. Then Rav Yerucham, Amar Kidaili Bare Bishvil Limud Musr. So, very important. Okay? And again, we're going to be, this is kind of brief, so I may be, I'm not going to say I'm more outside this area than I usually am, but I might be a little bit more. So he says, number one, number there is no place in Tyra for Hashkafa, for Hashkafa's Eilam. What does he mean by this? So this, if, if you look back, this was discussed on page 144, and he mentions that there's an idea that Hashkafa Sa'olam is something that's not a Jewish concept. It was developed in Germany. He's talking about, I asked actually a friend of mine's wife, who voice noted to me, because oh, yeah. she's from Belgium, Welt an Schaum. 
Right? If you're looking like Rosh Hashanah, yeah, oh yeah, Welton Chang, right? So Welton Chang is a, I googled it, it's a particular philosophy or view of life, the worldview of an individual or group. That's what he says, and he says that there is no makom in Torah for having a hashkafa. And we're going to see, we'll, we'll stop half briefly after the first five to explain, but if you look, we remind ourselves in the middle of that first paragraph, he says, uh, what is, is there a place for hashkafa? And he says on page 144 in that paragraph, he says, Allah Shalom, Rashi, Rashi explains to us, he's talking about Tchiyas HaMesim. He says, the idea of Oymer ain't Tchiyas HaMesim in the Torah, right? And he says, Afilu Let's say a person's moda. He looks into the world, right? It's not so strange. You have seeds that disintegrate and come back better. You have caterpillars or moths, whatever they are, that disintegrate into a period of mush and then come back better, right? He looks at the world, he says, this can't be it, and he understands that there is Tchiyas HaMesim. It makes sense that the world is going someplace, that's not going to be the end. He comes to that conclusion. El Delora Mizabaraisa, he says that it's not hinted to, it's not rooted in the Torah. Kaiferhu Hayobu Aiker Shiesh Tchiyas HaMesim in Atayra, Malanu Vilemunaso. What difference does it make what he believes? The fact that he happens to come to the same conclusion that the Tyra comes to is not relevant for us. The Gemara, I forget where the Gemara is, comes up. I think it was Rabbi Yochanan, but I may be misquoting. That Rabbi Yochanan said that at the end of the days, there's going to be certain, certain. Uh, he, he, he depicts certain like gems that are the size of doors. I forget exactly the Gemara, but the bottom line is, is that one of his Talmudim was skeptical, and his Talmud had a dream or some sort of a vision where he, he something that he couldn't picture, and therefore he didn't believe Rabbi Yochanan. He was able to picture it, and he comes back to Rabbi Yochanan, and he says, you know what, I realized that what you said was true, and Rabbi Yochanan I think it was Yochanan, looked at him and it became like a bundle of bones. Mm-hmm. The, if, if, you know, if you have a problem in the moon, it's one thing. But if you're going to verify the Torah, the Torah has to be subject to you and your understanding. So then at the end of the day, the, the, you're not looking at the Torah's Torah. It's just it's a piece of information or whatever it is. It says if you develop a wealth and shalom, everything has to fit into this viewpoint. So then what's paramount? What's paramount is the viewpoint. If it happens to coincide with something even that happens to be a truth that, 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 that's necessary for the Torah, that, that doesn't make it Torah. Where does he, if it's not from the Torah, where is it? It's wonderful that it came to the same conclusion. The guy's a kaifer, period. We are not looking at, there's no place in the Torah for a hashkafas oilam, for a worldview, right? Musr, as we said, go back to the first one. Well, we, we, we discussed a little bit the Maral, it's the introduction in Derech Derech Haim. Right, where we're talking about de- that Musr is derech eitz chayim. Musr is a place to get to growth. If you're developing some sort of worldview, that's not that; it's something else. Chayav number two. Gam belim and hilchas yisoide at tayra v'hilchas deyes v'asfarim oiskim b'hen lilma tayra v'lo machsheves yisrael. Number two, he says, we are not looking at Torah as an academic discipline, right? I think I heard, I think the Briskarov, we mentioned this in a different context, when the state of Israel, regardless of what your political leanings are, right? When the state of Israel came, he said, yesterday there were 70 nations and today there are 71. When we talk about Torah, it is not that everybody has a body of knowledge and Torah is ours. Page 145, he explained, It's like abstract thought, which might be very interesting and good and true, but that's not what it is. We are withdrawing from it vitality, life itself. Right? We already discussed in Ma'arechas Adam or Torah, whichever one it was, that Yisrael Varaisav Kotshebrechu Chadhu, that we be'etzem like a key to a lock. 
right? In other words, we are fit for Torah. We, we, we draw our chiyas from Torah. One of the things that we have to do is we have to clean out our kli. That's what Musar is about. Mm-hmm. But Be'etzem, we, 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 we relate to Torah, and we, we, our kli is infinite. We said that if a person has a, a cup, and you take water from the, let's say for our purposes, the ocean is infinite, right? If you, if you take a cup and you take water from the ocean, that doesn't make the cup fit a, a perfect clea for the ocean unless it has infinite properties. It just means you put eight ounces from the, from the ocean into the cup. If we are the clea that is designed for Taira, so then we, our neshama has infinite properties. The problem is that we have to relate to it, so we have to clean out our clea, right? So he says, but we, that's where we do, we attach the Torah, we draw life. <laughs> We are going towards life itself, and on the bottom, the last line, he says, "Sifrei gedolei mechavim shalanu tayrahem." This farm that we have, one forty-five at the bottom, just just referencing little sound bites from these concepts. Ar bahamim kol eskulas ayra shel tayra. That what you're doing is this R, what obviously R is probably a reference to a Kabbalistic term and so forth, but whatever it is, he says, you can learn the same information. If you learn it as information, then you are not tapping into the quality of R Shabo. We are not learning Torah as a, as a Jewish, as just an academic discipline that happens to be the Jewish one. Number three, Shita. We don't have shitas. We don't have shitas. He says, he says, the idea of having a shitas, what does he mean by this? So if we remember, which we do on page 142, he says that when it comes to Musr, his basic point was, is that we are trying to get to truth. If a person, if a person starts again, once you develop a shita, then everything has to fit within that framework. But that framework is not always what you need. He says in the last paragraph after he discusses it, bottom of one forty two, Even within a person himself, a person himself has different situations, different stages of life. Right? Different, you know, whether a person is doing well financially or not financially, whether they're a bacher, whether they're married, they're having children, they're in the sandwich generation dealing with aging parents, right? D- different, uh, different, uh, a person sits in Kyle for a while and they have some challenges and all of a sudden, you know, they are un- left unprepared when they have certain challenges of office life or taking off for Yontif or going in on Tishabov that they're, that they're not, different, the person needs different reinforcement and to address things in different ways at different stages of life. And he says that uh, in the uh, page 143, right? He says, many people think that there are different schools of thought. And uh, he says, but the, at the end of the day, the different, uh, different approaches are ju- just for different times and a person shouldn't get bought into. He says, there's G'dayle Hadari, you talk about the altar of Slabodka and the altar of Navarak, whatever it is. However, they outline their approaches for them. And Balabatim, who, uh, so to speak, not to say anything about being a Balabas, who don't know any difference, so they like to throw around terms. As far as we're concerned, we are trying to get to the truth. That getting to the truth, if you're on different sides of the center, right? So sometimes to get to the truth, you're going to be making a left turn, and sometimes to get to the truth, you're making to the right turn. If you're always de- de- designing a system and making right turns, then it's not always going to work. This, this was your line when we learned the piece. These aren't two schools of thought. This is just different ways of applying Musa to the dynamicism of men. I, I definitely did not I say dynamicism. By the way, I... <laughs> 
I remember the first time I, I went like 10 miles out of the way before I realized what a jug handle was. You know, you can only make right turns. Dalid, <laughs> ideology ain't lakom makom b'tayra. Politics has no place in Tyra. It was on page 147. Why? Because we can see very, and we're going to, we'll mention in a second, right? Once you get bought into politics, so then the, you, you have a certain agenda for the party in a practical sense. There's no room for any sort of an ideology in Tyra. It says that theoretically the party would ask their shilas that every step of the way and sometimes something is right and sometimes something is wrong, but the nature of having a party, even if it's founded in Tyra, is that's politics. That's not, that's not the approach that I was striving for. Number five was Frumkite. He is Karvis Miduma El Hashem Izbarach, famous chapter. You can go back and listen to America and go back and listen to the recording if you want. Frumkite is a imagined closeness to Hashem, a hefer shalav is Karvis Amitisi Achna Amuka. What we said about Frumkite, which is, again, it's kind of a famous chapter, but it's the way that he kind of framed it was everybody, even a dog, right? The first Pasuk in, uh, in Shayahu, I guess, I don't know if it's from the first parak or the fifth parak, comes up one of the it says that even a shar knows its master, even an ox knows its master and so forth. But hey, look at a puppy. Everything has some sort of an inclination to go towards its source, towards its benefactor, as we do also. And people have, listen, halavai, that you should have what your taivas be for spirituality. <clears throat> Better to be spirituality than dvaram asurim and other types of like, like twisted types of things. However, if the reason that you're engaging in frumkite or spirituality or whatever you do, in principle, it's no different than your taiva for Arias and anything else. It happens to be that your taiva is for spirituality. But ultimately, who's serving who? God is serving you. If the way that you're approaching that you're approaching avoda is trying to be basically into a feel-good thing. So then frumkite basically is uh, is essentially a taiva like any other taiva, and it's self-serving, and it's an imagined closeness to a Kaddish Baruch because you feel a high. You don't always feel that when you're learning Ezu Neshach or something that's more drier, right? So he says, this five will take our first little deviation uh, over here, but if you look at these first five, where we talk about either having a worldview or treating treating Musr as as some sort of an academic discipline or something that's a practical ideology, uh, practical ideology like uh, politics or developing certain shitas. Or even from Kaipo, what we said is a Taiva, what you're essentially doing is instead of putting yourself, finding yourself in the framework of Musr and Avoda, Hamakom, with the capital Hey, you're finding yourself how to relate to a Kaddish Baruch Hu in a greater context. What you're doing is you're establishing a different umbrella and a different framework, and you're trying to plug Tyra into it. And again, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right away that Rashi said it, a person come to a conclusion of Kriya Samesim, but he's a Kaifer if he's saying that it's based on that it's ultimately based on his understanding. Because, again, we're a chelik al-kamimah. What we're trying to do is we're trying to purify our guf, our kli, us as a receptacle so that we can, we can engage in the way that we're designed. So if you're not doing that, at, at best, I guess you could say, you're working on something that's not necessarily getting you closer to Tyra. You're becoming a better person, so to speak, but you know, more refined in certain ways if you're working on, if you have you know, negative tendencies towards anger, but if you're not working on them in the context of avoda, you're not necessarily getting closer to a Kaddish Baruch in a certain sense, and at worst, it's going to become a tremendous distortion under the guise of Musr and getting closer to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Again, today's politics and liberal agenda, or probably conservatives also in a different way, but if you look at today's agenda, all in the name of humanities, the, the, uh, the Rabbi Perrin, his, uh, the, the, the few points that I'm going to make now are coming from the Vadim, again, from the Altar of Navardic, from Rabbi Perrin's uh, Rashiva of Rashiva Rakaway's Vadim on them, 
But he says, you know, a, a woman ends up having, you know, she, she has nine months to decide whether or not she wants to not have the baby, but she only has two months to return a skirt. You know, like at, at what point does things become, things become very distorted. So he says, he says the, uh, let me see for what page I wanted. Yeah. So, so he says, listen, there's a certain mila, a per, every, there's a certain mila, and Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said this also. Well, as a person learns, you should know what your tunas are. A person has to understand where they're coming from, what their personality is, so that they can understand what their, what their proper, what their proper avod is. But on the other hand, there's a big risk to, to not understanding where you're holding. And the Alter and Vardik says, he says, a person, a person has to understand and clarify his own midos because otherwise a rachman yomer al kol rachmanus shalosubim kom rachmanus. A person who is a rachman will think that anything that he does is good. A person who is an achzar, a person who is a cruel person, will say that also his his discipline and everything is justified, and everybody is going to end up just kind of feeding things into their own tendencies. And you see it if a person is working on something letayvul mutav, you end up projecting. Right, I was talking about this with uh, with Ezra Max, who's you know in the field. But he, but he, he Rabbi Perak says he, I heard once that when a person becomes a psychologist or a psychiatrist, he should first undergo a psychoanalysis of himself. Why? Because if you don't understand your own problems, then you will tend to project them on others. A person who has certain shown bias issues is going to end up looking at that in everybody. Right? I, I think I mentioned to you once. Somebody called me for a shidduch, and they they're for their daughter, and. Uh, they were a marriage therapist. So we were talking back and forth for like an hour, an interesting lady. I mentioned this like after it happened, but we were talking back and forth and she tells me, you know, I appreciate where you're coming from, but I think that you're, you know, oversimplifying it because X, Y, Z. And I told her, I'm not arguing with what you're saying, but you're like way too close to the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, like everything, she doesn't deal with normal people. She deals with everybody's problems. So if you're dealing with everybody's problems, every time somebody like twitches their eye, they're like a liar and they came on, right? Mm-hmm. If a person, everybody's going to project what they're thinking onto whoever they're talking to. So if a person is not incredibly self-aware, what happens is that they feed everything into their lens, and Musr is the, is the, is the opportunity, and it's, it's, it's the avoda of trying to divorce ourselves from that subjectivity so that we can define our avoda, yes, in line with our trunas and our strengths and our weaknesses and understanding what we have to work on. However, it's not because that's, that becomes the framework that Torah exists within. It's just our, our character that, we have to, that, that, our, that has to align with our avoda. But um, he says, he brings, he brings a funny little like anecdote. He says, uh, right, Perry does. He says, you know, imagine that there's two, two Jews sitting after Shachos or Shemuzin one day. And he says, listen, the truth is that the whole world is created for Jews, right? So if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is dealing with, with, with the world for, for the Jews who are the main characters on the stage, so then we have, to look at, we have to look at current events in the context of us. But he says, the truth is, is that most Yidden aren't from. So what are you going to do? Tinak shenishba, you know, nebuchadnezzar. However, if we're going to look at avoda, it's wonderful that when it comes to tishbav, everybody talks about you know the, the people going off. They don't know any different. If you want to talk about who's destroying the base on mikdash, if you want to talk about you know who who's talking lashon hara, you have to talk about the people that know better. You have to talk about the from yidden. True. Says so, so. We're left with Torah yidden, but most Torah yidden aren't chasidim, so they don't count either. And he said, the truth is, is that who counts? It's not just Hasidim, because everybody has their own Tzad the Kadar, but we know that it's only whatever, whoever our Rebbe is. He says, 
says the Gera Rebbe. So he says, but the problem is that not all Gera Shtibloch, they're, they're all over the world. A lot of times they're not that connected to the Rebbe. It's only us that really don't know what's going on. And even in our Shtibl, most people are, are just maniacs. They're, they're kind of crazy. They're doing their own thing. So the guy says, yes. He says, who counts? The truth is, is that the only people that can really count are me and you, and I have some questions about you. <laughs> you know? You, 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 have to, you have to find a balance. At, at a, at a, there is a truth that kola olam nivra b'shvili, and that a person has to define their avoda by themselves. On the other hand, you, you, end up, you end up shading out everything else into your understanding, and everything else becomes totally insignificant so that you don't, you don't even know what you're dealing with. You, you know, nothing else makes a difference. He says, by, by the famous Gemara, the Ger comes to Hillel and Shammai, taking a little bit of a detour, because I said the other, the other one's going to be a list. We're just sort of mentioning bullet points. That the Ger comes to Shammai, he says, I want to convert our regal achas, and Shammai tells him, there's Alter Nevarik talking, brings the Gemara, says, Shammai tells, chase him away with a builder stick. Why a builder stick? Because you can't just do Torah, and you can start anything. It has to be based and grounded in a framework. So that's why it's a builder stick instead of anything else. Shammai makes sense. Everybody likes to quote Hillel. What does Hillel tell him? Okay. It says, Which is super, you know, conservatives probably love it. As long as you love people, nothing else makes a difference. Just love and everything else goes by the wayside, first of all. And second of all, he doesn't even say, He turns it around on it. He turns it around into the negative. So the altar comes and says, like, what, what, what's, what's he trying to, what, what's Hillel trying to tell us? So Repera, when he unpacks the, the altar's point, says that people have ideologies of Yehafta L'Recha Kamocha, but at the end of the day, you can love people, you can love humanity and hate humans. I know many people like that, right? So he says, the real Ava is the way that ultimately you treat people. He mentions that, you know, there was, uh, you know, people who are, who were, you know, in the 60s, he spent some time with somebody who's one of these, like, flower child people, you know, that was uh, aligning with, with, I don't know, Castro and Cuba and whatever it is he was darshaning about, you know, the communism, how wonderful it was. So, Ravichil Peres said to him, says, my wife, he was, she was, they were at a Shalshivis or something. So he says, my wife and I are teachers and we work hard and we hope that someday we can buy a house and our children are likely to become teachers also. When we, when we, if we work so hard to build something, we want them to get the benefit of it and we'd like to leave our house to them when we pass on. In your ideal government, can we leave our house to our children? So the guy says, no, you can't do that. So he said, and what if we do it anyway? So he says, the person looks at me with a smile and says, oh, I guess you don't understand how it works. We'll shoot you, <laughs> right? So he said, and he said it sweetly and whatever it is, People who develop an ideology that isn't grounded and that doesn't work, a lot of times you can only tell in the negative. We actually said, we mentioned one time that the Balatani talks about Tzadik Tovlo, Tzadik Ralo, Tzadik Gomer, Tzadik Sheyeno Gomer. How do you know what you're holding? You have two people standing in shul and both of them, you know, both of them say no talking. Both people want to do good. Sometimes you can know where the person's really holding. When, when, when somebody's joking around and checking text messages on Tisha B'Av, does it, does it go into their guts the same way if somebody was looking at like a funny meme and their father's shiva house? Right? By the negative, the, the amount that you become disgusted by the negative, that can show where you're really holding. So Hillel is telling him, it, it's, and, and there's, there's other pshatim over here, but the point that we're, that, that we're taking for that we, that we only ultimately want to bring out is that 
Hillel, Hillel was telling him, it's not enough to develop some sort of an ideology. A person has to bring it home. The way that Mepharshim talk about it is even that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is you know, so to speak, you know, Chavrecha also, that if, if, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is your ultimate benefactor and your ultimate loved one, what he hates you shouldn't do out of the ultimate in HaKadosh Tov and so forth. But he, but, but he says... He says it has to become brought home. It has to become it has to become real to you. And the the, the altar goes on. He says in this bone and he gets it really from a gra. But he says that the ultimate in Torah, what Torah is really trying to accomplish, is bira hamidos. And he says this thing is what the malachim didn't understand. The malachim didn't want Moshe to take Torah down to the Jews. So what so what did, what did he say? He says, do you have any kina with yourselves? Do you have any yitzhara? The Malachim had a point. They said, if what, what you're giving the Jews Torah, it's true that they'll be able to learn, they'll be able to work on themselves. But it's like when your kids are screaming and you give them your wife's diamond ring. He says, okay, so they'll play with it, they'll get something out of it, but it's, it's, it's not, you know, in a nido domo gonna you're taking something that's totally inappropriate, it's wonderful that the, that the Jews are going to be able to benefit from it, but you're taking something that has these unlimited kaychas and giving it to them, and what Moshe was saying is that, no, it's true that you're looking at the unlimited potential of what Tyra is. The truth is, that is exactly what it's, what it's, so to speak, designed for. That HaKadosh Baruch gave the Taira into the Bria, and, and he brought it in its form specifically for Bira Ramidos. It's specifically to, to the Jews who have this Chelik HaLukami Mal, this Yisrael Baruch HaKadosh Baruch to be able to develop it, to be able to attach themselves to HaKadosh Baruch and to be able to grow through it. That's exact, that's not tangential that if you learn you'll be able to do that. That's exactly... That's exactly what we're going to try to accomplish. And if you don't have that, if a person just works on himself and it's not towards Torah, so then the Midos get distorted. He says, you know, you can imagine, and you see it all the time, unfortunately. A per- you see a person who's frummer than, you see a guy, somebody's frummer than them, and all of a sudden they complain about every single thing that the guy does wrong. All of a sudden you take a guy who's like a Russia Marusha, although he happens to be like, you know, rich or popular, whatever it is, and they're bending over backwards to be down Lachavskos. So the guy is a Balavoda who's trying his best, but he has certain challenges. They're critical to the nth degree. All of a sudden, you know, when it comes to the guys who are cool, who are, who are do, busy doing Dvar Masur and the Farhesya, they're bending over backwards to be matter. And the Gemara really makes this point by Shal Melach when HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him to kill out Amalek and Agag, and he says that if you employ the Midos, if you, if you end up if you end up being having Rachmanis to cruel people, then you end up having cruelty to, to, to righteous people. And you see that what he, what he did by, by Naiv Irakayanim. And we said, so how do, you, how do you approach Midos? We say that, and we'll just finish this point and go through the rest and then make one more point at the end. We say that Midos, everybody quotes the Rambam's the golden road. So we said that it's the mamutza, it's the middle path. Now, it does, having Midos doesn't just mean the middle path. It doesn't mean if you like to eat 10 not kosher hamburgers a day, so then the right thing to do is eat only five, right? The middle, middle, is, middle is, is a relative term. But it's not middle. Some things are all or nothing. It doesn't mean that just because you're doing something, you find, you find the middle. So I heard Ron Lopiansky explain, what does, it mean, what does it mean the middle path? So if you imagine, the Midos themselves could be used good, could be used good or bad, right? But they, they all really are going towards a goal of getting close to a Kaddish Baruch If you think about a tablecloth, right? So what you do is you pull the tablecloth up from the middle and all of the edges go towards, right? The example that we gave last time is if you have a teacher. So if you go into a classroom and one day the teacher sees a kid that's not behaving, so he sends him to the office. Another guy, he sees a kid not behaving, he calls his parents. Another kid, he starts yelling at. You'll think the teacher is a schizophrenic. Unless you say that, no, the teacher has a very good idea of he wants. What the teacher is trying to do is be mechanech. 
for the kid that needs, uh, you know, some TLC, that's what he gives him. From the kid that needs a patch, then he gives him a patch. Everything is going towards the middle ground. It's going towards the mamutza. But to understand that, a person has to be able to divorce himself from his own subjectivity, right? And the, the, the altar says, I mean, just like Meredith, he says, he says that, that there's, there's, rach, there's rachmanus in the right place. You're supposed to be having rachmanus. You have rachmanus. There's Achzarius, there's cruelty in the wrong, which is when there's in, in the wrong place when you, you're being cruel when you should be have Rachmanus. But he says, what happens when sometimes you the, the situation demands discipline, the situation demands cruelty, so it looks bad, but really that's what's necessary. And alternatively, sometimes the situation demands discipline, and you think that you're going to be overly Rachmanus. So now you're doing the wrong thing, masquerading as the right thing, and the right thing masquerading as the wrong thing. And the last story that he that uh, that he repair brings from Rishlomo Zalman, he says that there was a father who he there was a kid who was sick, and then it ended up being that before the engagement they found out the kid was sick. He went to the Rishlomo Zalman, and Rishlomo Zalman said that uh, that based on the doctors that there was only a five percent chance that the disease would return. He said based on Rove, you should go forward with it. No, so he said. The next day, the father comes back to Rishlam Azalman, and he says, it was a little bit of a Mekach toast, because I'd come that probably a row of people will, get, will be okay. I promised a certain amount of money, and that was based on the fact that there wasn't anything lurking in the background, and Rishlam Azalman, like, stood up, he banged on the table, and he said, you're Russian Russia, get out of my house, like, don't entertain anything. So, really, two, two points to the story. The first point of the story is that sometimes if you even open up a conversation, you're essentially, you could say that one position is more right than the other, but if you start entertaining a position, you're essentially entertaining that it has legitimacy. So sometimes you don't have to entertain every wrong position. But the, the bigger point of the story that he's trying to make is that Rishlom Zalman was so in tune with his midos, the same person that always had a smile, the same person that got up by, I think they told it by his wife's levaya and said, usually you ask Mechila, I don't have to ask Mechila because I never did anything wrong, right? That Rishlom Zalman understood when it was time to employ a kas, an azarius type of a midah, it, it wasn't a matter of only taking his midos and trying to feed everything in within his approach. Approach. The idea was how he was supposed to reach the MS. What was supposed to be appropriate, he was trying to shteltzu to the truth rather than, rather than the other way around. So back in the Sefer, that, that really sums up the first five points that we did. Again, either developing hashkafas oilam or we said even ideologies from kite academic disciplines. All of these things are really in line with Musr approaches, but if you take Musr instead of being a way to be, have his batlas and be machnia yourself and try to find the truth and you just build a structure that might be built in certain ways of Musr principles, but it's not, it's not just based on his batlas, it's based on good Judeo-Christian ideals. You know, life above all. You know, life, life, I mean, look what just happened like in Afghanistan, right? I'm saying life above all unless it doesn't work out for you, in which case millions of people could die. Whatever it is. If, if, if everything just becomes, you know, subject to some sort of a rule that you put in place and really Tyra is all-encompassing but nothing else is all-encompassing so then it could become very distorted back on page Kufai and Gimel, number six yeah, we're still fine number six 
Musr who limud, it's a deep learning. Lo acheres mechidushe rajba velius de Rabbeinu Yona, right? Chayvis halavav is lived at the same time as Rashi, right? We're not talking about wow. if you're learning in like the thousands, okay? Wow. Right. You're learning, you're, you're learning, you're learning the Rambam, right? And even if you learn the Ramchal, so you learn it like a Ketzais. These are Achreinim, right? He says, Lo acheres mechidushe rajba velius de Rabbeinu Yona, achreinu kmo Ketzais achreinu bekiva egr yeshlom adavka bavanas va'amkos with understanding and depth of ladas ki ain melitzis ba. The same way that you would be meduyek in a rishon, you could be meduyek in chayvus halavavus. It's not nothing is a flourish just because it's talking about musr. It doesn't mean that you should just. And again, all these things were had full chapters devoted to them. Go back to the recordings. Number seven. Bishvili nemru advarim. You're learning musr and loishikvar yeshnambi. Sometimes people will say, "I'm a pretty good guy, right?" You're learning musr and you say you're going through the alchets and none of them apply to me. First of all, you shouldn't think that none of them apply to you. You should find a way of applicability to you because the way that these are structured, there is something that speaks to you. And on the other hand, you would say that, no, it's nothing that I could even live up to. We discussed this many times. Everyone has, right? On the other side, we do say that right? everybody has their own avoda. Everybody has the perfection that they're designed to. It's not like, well, you know, there's, and there is a certain cloud that we discuss. But yeah, and as much as the, as the Jews are a cloud, and a big organism. No, it's only the head that's supposed to work on himself. I'm perfectly fine over here being the pinky. No, you got to be the best pinky you can be, right? As far as you're concerned, then there is, you can reach your godless vishlemus. That was a whole chapter in Marechas Adam, godless vishlemus. I think it was one chapter, two chapters, right? It's within your grasp. I have to build them up within me. Number eight, ain rash, ain lo tikkun. Everything has a tikkun, which on one hand is... Right, no matter where you're holding, right? We one of the things that we discussed. I don't think it was in this chapter, but we discussed last time. He'll mention this again in the chapter called the going forward and not looking back. Right, wherever you're holding, however you got there, don't worry about how you got there. At the end of the day, we believe that God creates the world every single second. However you got where you got, there's some ra on the table, and if ra exists, then ra exists solely for the purposes of rectification on whatever degree in whatever frame of reference you're looking at it and in a certain way that's empowering there's nothing that's far gone if there's something that to address then that means it can be addressed what you understand from your destructive behaviors and your detriments your your negatives what you're what you're struck with stricken with Stricken? Stricken. Stricken. There's no place for despair if you recognize it and it's and there it's addressable. Right? Doesn't mean that you're gonna be it doesn't mean that you're gonna be the god of Adar and it doesn't mean you're gonna be however you have to address it in your terms. You can reach, you can perfect whatever it is that's on the table for you to perfect. Now that you have engaged in, me, in, in Musr and you've uncovered certain things, maybe that you never realized that you did, it's like, right, by, uh, what is it, Mayors and Fordham. Did you, I don't know if you did those, like, OCI, you did, like, those where they video you. No, you don't do those things. All of a sudden, you realize that you have like this tick and like you're like whatever it is. Right? All of a sudden, you learn Musr and you realize that like you check your watch 97 times a day, right? So now that you uncovered all these like negative habits, so now you're going to have, 
You can have either Yish, now you could take a sober approach. Now you could take a step back. But the fact that you didn't realize it until now doesn't mean it didn't exist. Don't deviate towards despair. To having a broken spirit. Right? There's no, there's no heart as whole as a broken heart. We'll do my run on Wednesday. Okay. So says, <laughs> Number nine. We said, you know, we talked about the difference in the last generation. Maybe we framed it as the Navardic approach, right? To, to, to just hit yourself, hit yourself, hit yourself. Hitting yourself and stripping away all of the subjectivity, understanding like, you know, that what's really driving you, right? When, when you're upset, what's really driving your behaviors? So, you know, let's say, you know, we have these famous stories of some of the Muslim yeshivas, they would go into a fish store and ask for nails because maybe what's driving me is covered. So they would go, I mentioned this one time also, my father told this to me that this, I think he read an article or whatever that... And there were some people that had to be salesmen or maybe they had to do cold calling. So they set them up for like two weeks to cold call and sell burial plots. They didn't have any burial plots to sell. But if you want to get cursed out, you know, you sell burial. burial. I personally think that that's one of the, I don't know if it's a calculated benefit or if it's one of the benefits. When you take the 15-year-old, 16-year-old Chabad kids on Fridays and you send them into the middle of Atlantic Avenue train station with the real Jews, you know, to go like ask people if they put on tefillin. And then all of a sudden, when they have to go out to Albuquerque and be the only Jew for 50 miles, they, nothing is going to phase them. They have pride, you know, they, you know, you gotta, no, serious, I'm serious. You know, all of a sudden you have like these guys doing like a yarmulke swipe in the train station and like, you know, like, like they're like half davening, pretending they're reading the paper. And then you have like the Chabad guy, like putting on tefillin and a kittel on the middle of like the Long Island Railroad, like resting his thing on like the waitress's head. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean? After davening. I would say I was right or wrong, but like a little jealous of that. Like, I wish I had that kind of self-confidence. So when people had a much stronger sense of self, they could start off Musa really knocking themselves down. Nowadays, we have to build ourselves up first because otherwise, if you just knock yourself down and you haven't built yourself up into having a very strong sense of self, you're just going to lose your self-identity. I'm no good at this and I'm no good at that and I'm no good at this and I'm not legitimate that I'm not really sincere and everything I do I don't daven on purpose and when I go learn it's for covet and when I do this it's for money and when I try to help him it's because what goes around comes around so who am I I don't do anything legitimate so it's much stronger he says nowadays you have to work really on Romamus Adam before you work on the negatives Again, this whole chapter on this, but that was the point. Number 10. When you start learning, you first have to learn with understanding, intellectual. So he says, what we're going to talk about what learning Musr is, ultimately it has to come down to something that's going to resonate in your heart. That doesn't mean that Limud Musr means grabbing a guitar, going to a bonfire and like sitting around. The first thing you have to do is understand in an intellectual way, take something, whatever it is, the gross says is not one extra word, you have to understand understand what you're doing. Once you clarify, then you can internalize, right? But to sit there and try to have something resonate internally before you've clarified doesn't get you anywhere. First you clarify and then you have to move on to the next stage. If you stay at the first stage, it's also not going to do anything. You'll just have bikis, you'll be like a donkey carrying books. 
right? As you say, they, 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 it's a Lashon of the Gemara, right? In other words, you'll just be carrying around loads of information, but it's not going to change you. The Regesh on shall see my slave Daka, developing, paying attention to subtlety. Kavon Larakech has Timtim Alev, and that's what's going to sensitize the, 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 the crusted over heart. Misham Lispalus Shahi His Achtus Haidiam Nefesh, and that's where we move towards a his achtus, a fusing together of what you know and who you are. Right? We say in the negative, when you do vidu, you separate what you do from who you are. I am not a bad guy, it's just things that I've done. And once it's just baggage, I can drop my baggage. On the other side over here, what you're doing is you're identifying positive things and you want to break through yourself so that it is who you are. It's with a, a strong reservation, which I said, perhaps for us, you know, it's so gishmak, it's a challenge. You want to not make it cerebral. You want to not intellectualize. Oh, he says it. Intellectualization. Intellectualistis. Belaz. Right? You want to not intellectualize Musr. It's so gishmak. It makes a lot of sense. It comes together. It brings the panemius of pieces of Gemara. It's awesome. And then you never move to the next step. You want to not intellectualize Musr. At some point, you have to move to the next step where you do allow it to resonate. It's it, when you have like the famous stories of you know you never you never asked the the biology t- the geometry teacher if he was a triangle. The idea of having Musr be an intellectual discipline is not a Jewish approach, right? We 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 went through a couple of weeks ago. We're talking about water on a rock. That's what we're talking about. You have to let it resonate, and it has to create a whirlwind inside of you, like a sefer, not. Like reading a book, Gam in Lilimud Musr Bachavrusa. That one's interesting, right? It's good to learn certain things Bachavrusa, but when you get down to the part where it's supposed to resonate, when you're really just going to close your eyes, you're going to take a long walk, you're going to take a line of Chazal and almost make a song out of it, right? He talks about singing it with a sing song tune. That is not best done with Chavrusa. That's best done when you can go to your own thoughts. And we said, you think that when you come down from it, it doesn't do anything. When you're sitting there and you close your eyes and you pick a line in Chazal, right? Maybe it was a Song, hopefully a Jewish song, right? And then and you just say it over and over until you kind of like get into it and you blow, you know, the, you blow that balloon up. The next time you blow the balloon up, it'll be easier to blow. It, but it, it makes an impression that's not done. That part of it is not done. Number 11, paradox. What does that mean again? Paradox. I'm just kidding. Okay. Yesh paradox. That the limud musr is in the subconscious. That's where it really resides. And oftentimes that you're not going to see any sort of anything tangible, anything tangible from your from your limud musr. And on the other hand, what do you see? What you do see is all the areas that you never realized you were doing wrong. You thought you're a good guy. You put your children on. You daven three times a day. All of a sudden, you start going through the alchets and you realize that you have like 44 here and 24, the 25 over there. All of a sudden, you can't get past like one thing, right? So he says, so it's better not to look at it. So all of a sudden, you don't see any benefit from learning because it's, you know, being very subtle changes in the subconscious. The only thing that you do see is how bad of a guy you are, and it becomes depressing. All of a sudden, you're going down uh, in a downward spiral. One second, get the, get the, it's the second one from the left. 
You'll see, you might not see it, but if you look at people that learn Musr, you'll see that they're more refined and they, they're, they're on a higher level. Musr is a struggle, it's a consistent struggle. With the stumbling blocks that are on every side of us. What we're trying to do is peel away the, how we've deluded ourselves. We're trying to come outside. Yes, we have certain personalities. Some people are going to be more studious. Some people will be born to be a masmid. Some people will be born chesed. However, we have to, the, the whole idea of Musr is to be able to take a step back from ourselves so from ourselves and be able to look at what our avoda is, not from not from inside of us, but from outside, klipa achar klipa, one level after another. We, we deliberately didn't talk about what chachma is. What we rather did was contrast it with the mistakes that come up when people learn Musr. Removing the obstacles of Navi. Zui because this is what will bring us to true growth. On the gate to Tyra and Musr, the letters that are written are in large letters are MS. Now the next chapter is even quicker, and we'll say one thing. We have time, it won't take long, but let me just do the recording because hold on.